Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. I promise you I'm not a bandit up here. You know, I mean, it's, it's hoodie season. I'm actually, that's like probably one of my favorite seasons of the year. But uh, it's a blessing to be here with you. I thank you guys for tuning in over the airwaves. Those of you guys that are uh, attending service by Facebook Live and YouTube. And of course, all of my brethren that are here in the building physically is so, it's, 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 it's such a good thing to see your faces this morning. It's good to see some old faces in the building, some new faces, and, and it's, it's, it's just a, a blessing to be here, man. I don't know about you, but, you know, in the times that we're in right now, it is important for us to maintain our connection. Amen? Amen. Connected as the body of Christ. Look, let me, let me just make a quick declaration real quick. I know we're in the midst of an election, but let me just say something right now. God's elect ought not to be shaken by the election. Can I, can I say that? God's elect ought not be shaken by this election. What do you mean God's elect? God's elect are those whom he has chosen. Those whom he has chosen. Those who are his followers. Those who bear his name. Amen? So God's elect ought not be shaken. If you're not sure who the elect are, you know what I'm saying? I can't, I, can't, I can't judge for myself. I just know that they are the followers of Christ. Amen? And I'm going to say it like, like my boy Charles Spurgeon said. He says, until God gives me the roll call of the elect, I'm going to preach the whosoever will gospel. That is the true gospel we are to practice today. That is the gospel that we are to practice today. The whosoever will. So until we get the roll call and we have the attendance of who the elect are, we're going to keep preaching the gospel. That's what our business here is at the Building Christian Fellowship. So for those of you that aren't familiar, those of you that just tuned in, whatever, I'm, let, allow me to introduce myself. I'm Pastor Donald here at the Building Christian Fellowship. I am the, the teaching pastor and I'm also the young adults pastor. So it's an honor and a privilege to be able to share with you here on this Sunday morning and give our pastors a break and let them relax. Amen? Rest is good. Can I get an amen? So Pastor John last week came with a fire message talking about his heart being fixed. How important it is for us to have our hearts fixed. Right? We, 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 it, it is our job and our business as believers in a world that is constantly changing, where the environment changes from one thing to the next. We're in the midst of climate control and stuff like that. All these things, climate change, all these things that are happening going on around us, the social climate is changing. The economic climate is changing. All these things are changing. Laws are being passed under our nose. All these things that are happening that are going on around us that we aren't aware of and, 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 the, and the terrain is constantly looking different every glance that we take. It is important that we are fixed. And so as, we, as, he, as he referenced the Psalm of David last week, in reference to all of the things that have been going on in his, his personal life and all the things that are changing in our lives, he wanted to encourage us to let us know that 
that in the midst of all these changing things, that if we fix our heart upon God, that we, will, we don't have anything to worry about, that he will keep us even in the midst of all this change. So Psalm 57, 7 says, in the Amplified, it says, my heart is fixed, oh God, my heart is steadfast and confident. I will sing and make melody. You know what, all, this thing, all these things that are changing, all of this topsy-turvy sometiminess of the world that we live in, it can come about and it, and, it can, and it can tempt you to lose your song. But as the psalmist just said, that my heart is fixed and is steadfast on God and I will sing and make melody. And so what I'm here to let you know today, this morning, that it's important that you hold on to your song. Hold on to your song. So I just wanted to give you that quick little encourage, encouraging introduction. But I also want to kind of kind of give you guys a, a bit of a shaking, if you will. If I, if I can shake you this morning, if I can shake the tree a little bit so the things that need to fall off can fall off. So that way we can bear more fruit. I want to do that. And so with all the turmoil going on during this time, where we're dealing with election and we're dealing with this, this shifting of powers and, and everybody's in this power struggle for all this stuff. It's one of the things that, that, that causes a lot of us to live in fear or to be discouraged is the fact that our American dream is being messed with. And so what is the American dream? So glad you asked. The American dream is the belief that anyone regardless of where they were born or what class they were born into, can attain their own version of success in a, in a society where upward mobility is possible for everyone. The American dream is achieved through the sacrifice of risk-taking and hard work rather than by chance. So the key takeaways I need you to take away from that is that the term was, corn, the term was coined by James Truslow back in 1931. This is not a new concept. This is something that's, that's, that's kind of old, but it's, it's new uh, according to scripture, okay? Need you to hold on to that. It was, it was, it was a, coin, a term coined back in 1931 by James Truslow. The other thing is that the American dream was aided by a number of factors that gave the United States a competitive advantage over other countries. One of these things was home ownership and education are often seen as paths to achieving the American dream. So a lot of us, we ain't happy with a lot of the stuff that's going on, legislation being passed, taxation, all this kind of stuff, things going up, going down. And the main reason is because we feel that our American dream is being threatened. Right? They're, they're, it, the, the big thing right now is to know your rights. Know your rights. We don't want people infringing on our rights. But the thing is, is that we're living in a hostile political climate right now. And though we love this country that we're in, when we really look at the state of affairs, if we were to pledge allegiance to the country that we're in right now, it would probably somewhat sound like this. I pledge a grievance to the flag of the divided states of America and to the repugnance for which it stands an abomination, playing God, utterly despicable, with autonomy and injustice for all. Many of us feel like 
The opposing side is messing with our pursuit of happiness. And we, we hear a lot of talk about the way that the system, man, the system is just broken. The system is broken, but that's not actually true because man-made systems do exactly what they're designed to do. That's why God in the beginning gave us his law. The world system is designed and modeled only for left and right thinking. The world system is only developed for, right, for left and right thinking and only to find themselves going back and forth. Left and right, going back and forth. I saw a meme earlier this week that said, two places I ain't going with you is back and forth. I ain't got time for all that. I ain't going back and forth with you. Especially as a believer, when it comes to everything that I base my life on, it needs to be founded on the immovable, unchangeable, infallible word of God, which means when I say the word and I put the word on the situation, I'm not going back and forth with you. And so we get, we get tempted and drawn away into this worldly way of thinking where it's all about who's on the left and who's on the right. That we forget about that there's an up and a down. And God's will is for his people to be called up unto him through the downward humility and the grace that he's provided. So our posture needs to go downward so that God can bring us upward. Why? Because when we got the left and right thinking, it's all about who's right and who's wrong. I'm right. I got to prove I'm right. I got I to gotta exercise my rights. I got to fight and advocate for myself. When scripture tells us that we have a high priest, we have a high priest who knows everything that we've gone through because why he came and tabernacled amongst us, thought it not robbery that he was equal with God, but made himself lesser. So he could serve and not be served. But yet we keep thinking of left and right. Conservative and liberal. Democrats and Rebloodikins. Banging back and forth on each other. By the way, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to get political with you guys, but... I just, if I was to, to entitle this message this morning, it'd be American dream or nightmare. American dream or nightmare. It's important for us to be fixed. Pastor talked last week about having a fixed heart, but I want to I wanna take it a step further and help you to understand how we are to have a fixed heart. Because it can't just be our heart that's fixed alone. We have to have a fixed mind. And we have to have our eyes fixed. Those of you guys that were, were keeping in tune with us as we were broadcasting earlier this year, a couple of months back, I had the eye exam. We talked about the 2020 vision and all the things that affect our vision. Not talking about your dreams and your goal, but about your vision, period. Being able to see clearly because why? People without vision, they perish, right? And that's why God has, has shown us through his scripture that Vision is so important to him, and it's very important that his people have vision because when you look at the scriptures and you look at the gospels, that the majority of the miracles God 
had Jesus do here on earth were restoring of sight to the blind. People thinking that they could see and they were blind. So it's important for us not to just have our heart fixed, but have our mind fixed. Isaiah 26, 3 tells us that you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 says, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't think, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze, we fix our eyes on things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. It's important for us to have fixed sight. Last thing I want is to take my eyes off the target before I pull the trigger. Those of you guys that don't know anything about weapon safety, part of it is knowing what your target is, what's around it, and what's beyond it. And so it's important for us to have our eyes fixed. Amen? Amen. Philippians 4, 8, 4 uh, verse 8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I don't know about you, but I've been looking at my timeline lately, and I ain't been seeing a lot of stuff that's being shared that's worthy of praise or worthy for me to have, have be, be taking up real estate in my mind, according to, to what we just read. But many of us have been fixated on all the things that are surrounding the, the social climate that we're in right now, rather than keeping our mind above on things above and the things that aren't seen. All right, man, I'm, I'm, about, to mess, I'm about to mess with some of you guys. Theology and some of your, some of your, 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 your founding values. Let me, let me break this down to you because it's going to determine whether you think left or right or you think up or down. Listen to me when I say this. American and Christian are not synonymous. American and Christian are not synonymous. You think I'm lying? You got a problem with it? Look up the definition of both. The American dream and the will of God are not synonymous. I'm just saying, you can call you that you can come after me on social media, you can troll me, whatever. I don't care. I did my homework, did my research, don't at me. American and Christian are not synonymous. Jesus constantly illustrates how to be in the world, but not of it. Listen, Matthew chapter 17, Jesus talks about, the, 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 the scriptures talk about how Jesus and the disciples were in uh, Capernaum. And they went to the temple and there was a temple tax. 
And so one of the, the attendants who collects the, t- the taxes for the temple, that's a t- tongue twister. One of, the, one of the attendants who collects the taxes for the temple came to Peter and says, hey, your master doesn't pay the taxes. And so Peter goes to find Jesus. And before Peter is even able to utter a word, Jesus says, so he's like, does a king tax citizens that are his or does he tax those that he's conquered? Hmm. Does he tax his own citizens or does he tax those that he's conquered? Peter's response was those that he's conquered. And Jesus says, well, then the citizen is free. However, so we don't offend them. Go down to the fishing bank. Cast your line in the first fish that you catch. Open his mouth. There'll be a a silver shekel in it and then go pay the taxes for you and me. I know that sounds crazy. That sounds so bizarre. But again, we have to realize, what is Jesus illustrating? Why are there wars amongst you? Because you ask amiss. You, a- you have not because you ask not, and when you ask, you ask the wrong thing. Is you is or is you ain't my constituency? Um, what do you mean? Oh, we, be, we sit there and we beg these politicians to ca- take care of us and meet our needs, not knowing that we have a God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We have a God who is promised in his word that I shall supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. And here it is. We see that Jesus, he ain't got no money on him, but he says, hey, go down to the fishing hole, put your pole in, the first fish that you catch, open his mouth, and there'll be some little something, something in there for you, and you go take care, take care of the business for us. Mind you that Jesus just said, technically, I'm not a citizen here. But so we don't offend them, let's go ahead and honor the system that they have set in place. Okay, so here it is again. Are we thinking left or are we thinking right? Or are we taking the godly approach of up and down? Because I can guarantee you that you look to the left, the left is going to let you down. You look to the right, they're going to let you down. You go back and forth, and you ain't going to get nowhere. But if you would stop, take a second, and humble yourself and go downward and look up, your need will be met. It's crazy to think that Jesus would have a fish. We catch fish to eat them. But he caught a fish to give him money to go and pay. Does this, does this not sound like supernatural, like just like something crazy, some kind of supernatural thing? I mean, like if coyotes can bring whole people over the border. Some of that, some of that went over your head. But I'm just saying like there's like supernatural. It's not really hard, people. It's not really hard to trust in God. Why? We're to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. Again, we have to switch and shift our thinking from left and right to up and down. From left and right to up and down. 
We've been we've allowed ourselves to be deceived into pursuing this American dream. And we thought that it was the will of God that we're pursuing. Mainly because of the fact that we as a church have failed to uh, 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 properly educate ourselves on the scriptures and on history. And that's why we're so deficient. That's why we're seeing a lot of people falling away because the place that they should be getting answers are not producing them. The place that they should be seeing an example, we should be seeing replications of how Christ lived. We should be seeing a replication of how to live in the world but not be of it. And so we've allowed us a, 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 a spirit of like nationalism to come in and we've, we've claimed that as, as our faith. Wow. American and Christian are not synonymous. Because if you pledge allegiance to your nation first, I guarantee you this. Somebody said it like this. The devil doesn't care whether he drags you to hell as a Democrat or a Republican. It's the fact that he just gets you there. What are we pursuing? What are we going after? Where is our, what is our heart fixed on? What is our gaze fixed on? Listen, we have in the American dream, it laid out for us, it said that, that it's, it's up to the, the individual who is pursuing it to determine what success is for them. But I want to let you know that God has always had a plan of success for his people. He's always had a plan of success for his people. And it had nothing, with, nothing to do with acquiring properties. It had nothing to do with uh, uh, acquiring a certain socioeconomic status. It had to do all about the obedience of sonship. And so when we look at Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, we see what God's plan for success is for his people. He says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Yep. How do you know that you're that you're that you're uh, uh, a, a nationalist rather than. Being uh, one of his, his sons and daughters, you probably know your rights before you know the word. Right? You could probably tell everybody all about the, 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 the person that's running for office and everything that they've done rather than what God has done. Now, look, man, I'm not trying to say that I don't think that our country is the greatest country on the planet. I do. I come from a family of those who have served in the military. And I honor that. I'm, I'm thankful for it. I'm grateful for it. Can I, can I just talk to my patriots out there that might be misreading this real quick? Let me, let me just say this. There's nothing more honorable in this country than the men and women who serve and, and have served in our armed forces. Amen. 
There's nothing more honorable in this country than those who have served and are serving in our armed forces. Some who have served to the point where they have given limb and arm and have given the ultimate sacrifice. We know that according to scripture that Jesus said that there is no greater love than a man who lays down his life for his friend. We thank you for our friends who have laid down their lives serving in our armed forces. But let me tell you something. Their sacrifice, the blood that they shed, will not suffice for the judgment of God. I'm thankful for their sacrifice, but their sacrifice did not, does not be appease the judgment that comes attached to the sin that you and I and they are all guilty of. So am I pursuing the American dream? Am I placing it above kingdom things? Am I placing my nationality over the citizenship that I have in the kingdom? Listen. Let me break down to you why your, your ultimate pursuit should not be the American dream. We find that in John chapter 17. And Jesus said this. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you. And you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not, not one was lost except the one headed for destruction as the scriptures foretold. Now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word and the, wor the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. Just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. That's the sacrifice. Remember, that's the, that was the first thing that they, they said in the American dream is about sacrifice. Again, God didn't call us to, to uphold a document that was based off of something that he said. But to uphold his word. Listen. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. 
That right there is the second aspect of the American dream, which talks about having a family. And here it is. We see that Jesus in his plan and his prayer and his will that he's leaving to us as his citizens. That we continue on making disciples, that we continue to 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 cultivate a culture. That reverences holiness. I pray that they will all be one, that they won't be divided, that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I know you probably thought it was kind of cold that Jesus said, I'm not praying for the world. I'm praying for the ones that you gave me. Why? Because the world was left in our hands. But yet we've adapted to a systems of left and right, forgetting that we've been called to the upward call. And the world steadily goes to hell in a handbasket. If you weren't tuned in Tuesday, I talked about how we were caught up in looking at the politics that's going on when, 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 when God is telling his church to lift your eyes up. And see that the harvest is ripe around you. Look and see how the harvest is, the, the fields are white with harvest. Why? Because there's been generations that have come before you, that have prayed for this exact time. There's generations who have sowed in tears before you, and they planted, and now it's harvest time. Time is of the essence. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me, to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you, sent me. I have revealed you to them and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. Amen? Amen. As I come to a close, we see this thing that we're pursuing that it was laid out for us before the foundations of the earth was laid. God put it in us, the desire for these things that, that we were told and we were indoctrinated into believing that we were, we were to pursue them at all costs, when really it's always been a part of God's plan from the beginning. It's not an accident or a coincidence that we're in an age right now where everybody's got a plan that they think is best for everyone that people are consulting and meeting 
with people and sitting across the table from people that they would have never thought they'd sit across from and upsetting people that they thought that were rocking with them the whole time. In this cancel culture that we live in, in pursuit by their own means of something that was always a part of God's plan from the beginning. That's how we created this whole mess. Again, the system is not broken. It's just doing what it was created to do. Why? Because man, in his wisdom, thought that he knew better than God and messed everything up. And now he's trying to clean everything up. And it leads to further and further deception and further and further destruction. When we who have been called out of this system We have been called out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Need to cut all ties with the things of old. Cut all ties with the old system. Divorce the old system. Do away with it. Put it away as the Bible says. That we may put on the garments of the kingdom and live as citizens in this world but not of it. If I want to leave you with one thought today, it's this. We must have our heart, our minds, and our eyes fixed on Jesus so we don't deceive ourselves in the pursuit of happiness and placing that over the pursuit of fulfilling the prayer of our high priest. Amen. What we just read in John chapter 17, Jesus, he bared his soul in letting the Father know what was most important to him. What was most important to him was the fact that the Godhead is one and they operate in unity and being the fact that we as his body are his representatives here in this earth that he would see his body united as one as he and the father are one and that's why I started this off this morning with that the election ought not be a reason for the elect to be shaken it ought not be a reason for us to be uh, at odds with one another it ought not be something that we should allow to come in between us But yet we look around and we see that the church is divided. It's one thing for the country to be divided, but it's another thing for the church to be divided. I've never seen a severed arm thrive and be productive. And here it is. We're walking around divided. So I challenge you, brothers and sisters, exercise your right to vote. Exercise the fact that you have these rights and these freedoms here in this this lovely country of America. But understand that you have a higher call. There's a higher expectation placed on you because you are not a citizen of earth, but you are a citizen of heaven. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and pray. Hallelujah. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. 
but we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.